Welcome back, kids and coaches. I am Levi, and this is West of Nowhere. Welcome back. Um, audible silence, right? Is that the right term? I don't know. Uh, Shane's obviously not here, in case you couldn't tell. Um, he His work schedule got a little shifty. A little shifty on us, so you're stuck with me. You're stuck with, stuck with Levi, so fucking deal with it. Um... Before we get too far along, gotta thank the old Patreon supporters. Adam Pacino, Tony Burgess, Sam Norton, Natalie Tacarante, uh, Mark Studler, Daddy Warbucks, and Master of Media, Kylie Gangwish, and Colton Zabersla. And of course, Jeremy Brassers. Um, so, thank you to those people who support us, let us do this thing. Um... Also, we got some comments on last week's video, which I will read, because I have plenty of time, because there's not somebody else holding me back. No, um, some of these I don't, <laughs> like, I don't remember what Shane's story was last week, so Kylie made a comment about it. She said, holy shit, hold the phone, Shane has a story, and then she said, bro, never mind, Shane, take your story back, stop it. <laughs> um, so... I guess maybe that's going to be his rationale for not having any more stories because he can't even get away with doing it. So, um, also Kylie and other people have said that this week, this last week's stories were a little depressing. Uh, I hear you and I'm sorry. The world we live in sucks. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me, dude. Um, just relaying information at this point. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I got some different kinds of ones, a little more interesting, not as depressing, so, there's that, uh, Pantera Girl 101 also had some comments, she said, uh, we had a man down here in Florida who for many years had a gigantic Confederate flag over I-75 and I-4, there's of course complaints and backlash on it, but they couldn't do anything about it because it was his private property. So I don't see why statues would be any different. Yeah, that's, I'm assuming that's why they, uh, that's from the story last week where the city uh, deeded the land that a Confederate statue was on to a private organization or something like that. So people couldn't like petition the city to have it pulled down. Um, yeah. And then she also had a comment about, uh, what <laughs> we were talking about, um, Colorado city, Arizona or whatever the fuck it was. And she said that, um, other states that have, uh, states that have other city states, cities names like Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause it's Grand Rapids, Michigan, right? Um, Minnesota just wants to be included. They have MI, Michigan starts with MI. You know, they just want to be uh, loved, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, so that's the YouTube comments. 
If you want to read or if you want me to read your comments, go to the link tree and follow that to the YouTube or you can just type us in West of Nowhere in the YouTube search. Um, if you want to be a Patreon person, give us money for, you know, stuff that we <laughs> we 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 do stuff with the money for sure. Um, no, it, it goes towards like you know our site hosting so we don't have to pay out of pocket which is you know really convenient so we can just continue to put out the podcast and we don't have to worry about it um that's also at the link tree so i like the link tree l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash w-o-k-p-o-d so there's that oh we also got a new review on the apple podcast so I gotta read that because hasn't happened in a while. Got excited. Um, so this one comes from uh, Doc from Oregon. It says honestly, it feels like sitting down with friends and shooting the breeze. Definitely would hang out and have a brew or soda, which I appreciate. You know, I I don't know. This one, like one of the things that I thought about when we were like wanting to be a little more serious about the pod is like. What like what do we want to like come forward as like obviously I don't want to come out as straight up news because a that's boring and b you're kind of like stuck in a box but where it's more conversational and we you know just kind of like explaining or talking through stories in a very like it it reminds me of like talking to people at work you know or like a friend about a news story and you're like. Hey, did you see this thing? And then, like, the one guy who actually pays attention and peeps in, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard they did the blah, blah. And that's kind of, like, the the goal is to be a little more um, digestible at times. Obviously, we have some depressing stories sometimes, but on the whole, I think we do a pretty good job of being, you know, normal and not, like, we're not trying to push any kind of agenda like we both have individual thoughts but like if i see a story that's aggressive i'm gonna read it without you know i'm not gonna try and spin it in any way shape or form i'm just gonna tell you what happened what i think and then you can make your own opinions from there man so with that being said we got some shit to get into um first and foremost holy shit um whoa that is bright so mike leach the uh the head coach for mississippi state uh passed away today um he had a heart attack but they think that he was also having a um that he had a seizure at first and it took him like 15 20 minutes to get to him so then he got airlifted I think, right? And then um, he was essentially um, brain dead because of the lack of blood flow. Um, and they just decided to, you know, uh, what do you call it? What's the proper term? Pull the plug? I don't know. And so that's what they decided to do. Um, he's 61. He's a pretty storied a uh, football coach, college football mainly. Um, he's been coaching for Mississippi State for a little bit now, but uh, 
He's the brainchild behind the air raid offense, which definitely uh, shook things up. Um, but, you know, he, he coached at Texas Tech from 2000 to 2009. Definitely gave Nebraska a couple ass whoopings in that time. Um, he was at Washington State from 2012 to 2019. Uh, coached um, Gardner Minshew, I'm pretty sure. Uh, named Coach of the Year in 2018. And, yeah, he, in 2020, I believe, decided to take over at the Mississippi State. Um, but, yeah, pretty pretty uh, big hole in the uh, college football world. Everybody kind of respects him as a coach, and he's definitely uh, not like, you know, like a Nick Saban level, but he's still pretty talented guy and uh, there's going to be a lot of a lot of players that he coached throughout the his tenure to definitely going to miss him so that's it's too bad it's very unfortunate but um other football news fucking lions beat the vikings let's go um here's a little, little history on levi i used to like the vikings back when they had adrian peterson um, they had Brett Favre, and I was like, that's kind of cool. I was like, high school, like the Vikings, blah, blah, blah. And um, then I just like, I think it was after Detroit drafted Ndamukong Sue. <clears throat> yeah, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to be a, a Lions fan. I kind of like, kind of like the fact that they never win. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It seemed like everybody at the time was jumping ship to be a Patriots fan. Or, like, I think the Saints were super big at that point, and I just wanted to, <laughs> like, be contrarian and edgy as I am. And, no, I, but I, I did appreciate the Lions' uh, scrappy nature. Like, never, always the underdog, I guess. Um, and just the city of Detroit as a whole. It's been through a lot, so I kind of... The historical aspect, I guess. But anyway, so Lions beat the Vikings pretty, pretty bad <laughs> this weekend. And that was pretty great for me personally. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what's happening, but Dan Campbell, he's got his shit figured out. He's, I'm a big fan of that guy. Uh, he's kind of a badass. If you have HBO, watch Hard Knocks for this season. Uh, the Lions, um, preseason is all on there and you get to hear dan campbell talking he's he's dope or you could just youtube video some of his little speeches that he gives but yeah i i like him a lot um but yeah so that that's all i care about with the nfl but you know nothing too crazy other than tom brady's looking rough he got his ass kicked by a third string quarterback this weekend so that was fun but whatever um so, in other sports-related news, uh, the Brittany Griner thing continues as she has been traded in a prisoner swap for this arms dealer, Victor Bout. Now, there's a lot of, like, there's definitely a lot of spin going on on this. And it's like, I don't know, there's people who just want to go basketball player traded for arms dealer. And then that's it, right? And you're like, okay, so we fucked up. But that's not even 
Like, there's so much more going on to that. There's so much subtext in this story because while he is an arms dealer, or was, he was arrested in 2011 and has been out of the game for a long time. And that didn't just stop when he got arrested. Like, those transactions, those businesses, those people who are in that life kept going. They don't care. They don't care that Victor's in fucking prison in the United States. they still making money. And that kind of, like, loop, that's close. Like, he's not going to be able to just jump back in there. Especially now that everybody knows who he is. They probably know some of his contacts. Like, that's probably how they got him in the first place. And also... The reason that he was so big in the gun-selling business is because when the Soviet Union fell, they split the, the just warehouses and massive armaments of weapons they had stockpiled between the countries of the Soviet Union. You know, Ukraine got some, Russia got some, you know, they split them up. That guy had an in, and he was able to get some of those, or a, a big chunk, and start selling them to different conflicts, different, you know, things. So, it's, and also, after that, like, he was continuously just selling Russian weaponry. Like, he greased the right palms in the Russian government, and was able to sell things from the Russian government. He's not going to help Russia be a bigger power because he can't because they already have those guns. Like they they don't need his help, right? They, <laughs> he's kind of just a big old propaganda piece now at this point. And every single person that goes, "Oh, wow, we got fucked over. Like we literally just got an arms dealer." given away for a fucking basketball player who hates America, blah, blah, blah. That's not even what's happening. Like, he's not going to be an arms dealer. He's not going to, you know, they, uh, people were calling him the merchant of death. And, you know, that was a true at a point in time, but that's a long time ago in that world. Like, the fucking crime doesn't sleep. <laughs> and he's been gone for 11 years now, at least. Um, so it's not, it's not as cut and dry as people are wanting to make it seem. And also they, they're trying to, uh, slide in this other guy, this Paul Whelan. Um, and they're trying to basically go, okay, well, this guy, former Marine was in Russia. Why didn't we try and get him now? Russia was only willing to do a one for one. They didn't give a fuck. We got a, a different former Marine back in April. Um, and they tried to get Waylon back then. And then they tried to include him in this deal. And still Russia was like, no, you're getting one or you're not getting anybody. And people go, oh, well, what the fuck? This guy's a, he's a Marine. He's a former Marine. We don't care about him. We don't care about our troops. Like we're just... This basketball player that kneeled for the national anthem will fucking pick her up, no problem. But this marine guy, we're just gonna leave him in there. 
Now, fair point. Also, he's been there since 2018, so why didn't Trump rescue him, right? So, but what about him? What about isms aside, Paul Whelan is in prison in Russia for um, espionage and some other things. He holds three different citizenships across the globe. He's a former security and uh what he's like a contractor for like security companies stuff like that um now he obviously goes listen we didn't i didn't do anything wrong and uh the u.s government has also believes that he didn't do anything wrong but if you have a spy in a foreign country Chances are you're not gonna go. Yeah, he fucking he might have been he might have been spying on me. Now, do we know that he for sure did anything? I don't know, but if you're going to take like the people making this argument, go well. She flew Griner flew to Russia, had illegal substances with her, a vape THC cartridge. That's hardcore drugs. She broke their rules. She broke their laws. Let her sit in prison. But then when we get her out, well, this other guy, he he is in there for no reason. Like, you're saying that she broke their laws and got arrested and she should do their time, but this other guy shouldn't have to. Why is that? Because he's a former Marine? Like, what's the rationale? But if you think about it, I mean, on the grand scheme, even if he's not guilty, look at two charges, not guilty on either one. Uh, possession of a THC cartridge or espionage. Like, who do you think's going to be serving more time in general? Probably the espionage guy. But for some reason, these people want to go, well, she deserves to do her fucking sentence, but this guy doesn't because of X, Y, and Z. Whatever. I don't know. People's arguments don't make any sense, especially when you take them down to bare bones, but whatever. Anyway, um, so <laughs> Paul Whelan, his uh, family members were contacted by uh, government officials letting them know, hey, we couldn't get him in this trade. We're bringing home Brittany Griner. Just letting you know, like, we, we did try, but, you know, we're... Then they, like, traveled to visit, like, face-to-face -face with these people. And uh, his brother was interviewed after and said that um, uh, they he, he and his family, Waylon's family, believes that the government made the right choice um, to get Griner. And that's, that's this dude's own family. I mean, you could read into it what you want, but... That's what they're saying. So just some things to think about when this conversation like progresses. People saying, oh, well, he they could have saved this guy. He's been sitting over there. But for some reason, his crimes aren't important. But hers are. And she needs. And I think it does stem down to the fact that she did kneel for the national anthem. And for some reason, there's a lot of people that just see stuff like that and they go, oh, well, they hate America. Like, <laughs> it's it's just all people making their own assumptions on different things. Like, 
She doesn't hate America. She wants America to be better. Like, there, there's no problem with you going, hey, I think we should fucking worry about this thing. Like, you know, if you want to call it uh, virtue signaling or whatever, like, there, there's no reason why somebody can't go, hey, I don't appreciate how the, we, we do this. I think we should do different. And so they do something to raise attention or awareness to that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And also, like, you know, the typical rationale for kneeling for the national anthem was police violence. And then people automatically start making these assumptions about, well, they just fucking hate white people or whatever. Like, white people get killed by police. Like, yeah, bitch, that's what we're fucking talking about. We want that to stop too. Like it's not one thing. Like right, you're just trying to get everybody to pay attention to one thing, like one big issue. And, and yeah, it. There's some people that go, "Hey, man, I think it's important because it's like minorities who are getting affected, or whatever." But like really, you could just step back and go, "I think police violence in general sucks," and that's why I'm kneeling. I don't know. That's just that's just me though, man. Um, <laughs> got a little preachy there, but it is what it is. Um, so yeah, Brittany Griner, she's back. Um, I'd be interested to see what kind of like interviews and things she has to say about uh, her life in the Russian prison system. I can't imagine there's a lot of fun stuff involved, but you know, I've, I've seen world's toughest prisons a couple times, you know, I've seen that show and, uh, <laughs> Russia's usually pretty up there. Um, but yeah, so I, it would be pretty interesting to see what she ends up speaking about if she chooses to, if not, I respect that. <laughs> if you went through some shit like that and didn't want to talk about it, I don't fucking blame you either. You know, I think there's a lot of people that, cause I, I'm pretty sure she was sentenced to a work camp, which can't be fun either but whatever anyway so let's go back to the uh world cup right um we got a soccer journalist grant wall and he has died um and there so i'll tell you what the conspiracy was at first and then tell you what they actually um what actually happened. So Grant Wall, who has a, a brother who is um, one of the LGBTQ, I can't remember which one he identifies with, but um, he's a journalist, soccer journalist, or just a sports journalist, but he was at the World Cup and he had worn like a rainbow shirt and like, you know, outspoken for LGBTQ rights, things like that, suddenly died. And then people were like, hold on. Like, Qatar been super fucking mad about LGBTQ people in general. Like, they just fucking, like, did they kill this dude? Um, And his brother, Eric, had believed that he was killed. Now, um, his body got brought back to the United States. And the United States state department says there's no evidence of 
a suspicious death and the brother has come back on his claims of him being murdered and goes yeah no that was a mistake um but yeah so i i just thought that was like a crazy storyline i remember seeing the thing about uh grant dying and i was like oh shit did they fucking get him and i'm glad i waited um to talk about it because uh that would have been wild um but yeah, I think he was complaining about like a lot of like soreness, tightness in the chest for a day or two. Um, I think people are, or I think the the suspected thing was like a heart attack, basically. And you know, I mean, he's I don't know how old he is. He's forty something, maybe yeah, forty eight, and you know, but you can have a heart attack at any time. Master of Media. She had a heart attack. Anyway. So, I thought that was wild. Um, yeah. <sighs> what else we got? Elon Musk. Got... <laughs> Elon Musk got, uh... Brought out by a, uh... By, um... Dave Chappelle. And then got booed. Which was pretty funny. Um, Dave Chappelle had a comedy show in San Francisco. And... Um, he brought Elon Musk out for whatever reason. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, let's make some noise for the richest man in the world. And there was a lot of, you know, a lot of cheering. Um, but there was also noticeably some booing. And, you know, obviously booing is pretty, like, you know what that sounds like. Like, in, in contrast to just cheering. Um, and he just stands there for, like, way too long, being awkward as shit, and, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, Dave Chappelle, <laughs> uh, or he, got, uh, Musk had turned to Dave Chappelle and says, you weren't expecting this, were you? And then <laughs> Chappelle goes, sounds like some of the people you fired are in the audience, which, pretty funny, pretty funny joke, especially since it is in San Francisco, like, um... <laughs> and then later uh Chappelle says all the people that are brewing I'm just pointing out the obvious they have terrible seats in the stadium which you know they're uh basically pointing out all the people that are booing are broke people right B poor bitches fucking oh they just hate the rich man blah 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 um yeah so here's the thing um the guy who released the video, tweeted it, put it on the Twitter, Musk's Twitter, baby, put it on, and he said, um, what did he say? Oh, um, I don't think he actually said anything, um, but they took that fucking account down, <laughs> which is so fucking funny, like, this whole thing, Elon Musk has been bragging, oh, I'm gonna champion free speech, uh, that you can say whatever the fuck you want on Twitter. I don't care, man. Like, except for Alex Jones for some re reason. Well, I mean, obvious reasons, but, you know, I'm champion of free speech. You know, Trump's back. You guys can say what you want for the most part. And it seems to be a pattern of people just talking shit about him getting banned or shadow banned. The dude who uh, tracks his flights that account's got shadow banned, like, it didn't get banned banned, but it's shadow banned, and, um, 
I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a little weird, honestly, but still pretty funny. Um, yeah, so pretty awkward. Pretty awkward moment. Um, I'm pretty sure you can still see the video. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just interesting how this whole thing has turned from I'm going to buy Twitter to make it better and make it free speech and like we're going to do whatever, make comedy legal again and then people talking shit on must just keep getting banned. <laughs> and also, like, not to sound like a broken fucking record, but you're not protecting free speech by buying a company that people use to talk because that's not what free speech is. Like, free speech, as defined by the Constitution, protects you from the government prohibiting your speech. Fucking, if you say something on a random website and they decide you're not gonna say shit on their website anymore, that's kind of their fucking thing. Like, I don't understand why that's so complicated. Like, a bunch of different, um, uh, the, like, conservative people who are like, yeah, we've been banned and we're not allowed, like, this is our free speech getting, you know, whatever, taken away. All those fucking people could have created a fucking website, created a blog, and started typing, and guess what? Nobody would have gave a shit. Like, nobody can stop you from doing that. Like, if you're funding your own website, and you're, you can say whatever the fuck you want. But no, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about a private company, or a public company, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a company deciding, hey, we don't like the way you're behaving. And it's it goes back to um, the gay cake people where they, you know, they tried to get a cake made, but they like, uh, I guess it ended up being they bounced around finding somebody who would say no before they were like, oh, we're being, you know, uh, can't think of the word <laughs> discriminated against. There we go. So, yeah. Anyway, um couple stories in from uh, some Patreon people. This one coming in from Jeremy Brazzers. Uh, all South Koreans to become younger as traditional age system is being scrapped. Um, South Koreans are... Uh, they do things a little differently with their age. When you're born, you're immediately one year old. And then the 1st of January, you're two. Or you're a year older. Um, and so if you're like born New Year's Eve, you're two within, you know, 36 hours, <laughs> like <laughs> you're so old you're, and like, it's, it's definitely archaic, but, um, and then there's more. So there's a separate system for calculating the age of men entering national service, like, um, the army, uh, basically like they do a mandatory service, which like. Pretty sure the BTS guys are in now. Um, one of them, at least. Anyway. Uh, yeah, men entering national service and the and the legal age to drink alcohol and smoke. In those cases, a person's age is calculated from zero at birth and the year is added on New Year's Day. So it's still not perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. It's definitely... Uh, it definitely makes them look old school, right? That's like a very... Very old timey kind of way to look at things, but you know, they're getting they're getting away with it or getting rid of it, not getting away with it. 
Um, so, congrats. If you're South Korean, you're going to be a couple years younger now. Or a year in some change, at least. So that's kind of neat. Um, you know, it's, it comes as some of their lawmakers are trying to make them fit in with the modern world a little bit more. They're like, yeah, this system doesn't make us look great. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, so welcome to our newly younger South Korean audience. Congrats. Um, this next story comes in from our master media. As a Metropolitan Police Officer had lost her job on the force after claiming she did not know her husband was a major drug dealer, which is hilarious. Um, despite earning a constable salary, this uh, police officer had enjoyed a lavish lifestyle involving a 5,000-pound 5, 5, a month rental property, a 70,000-pound Audi, and a lot of designer clothes. Um... I mean, if I saw any cop walking around in designer clothes or driving, like, crazy expensive cars, I definitely would have questions. Like, <laughs> that's, that's like, the, that's the giveaway in a lot of shows. They're like, oh, yeah, fucking, I think, I think James is working, you know, double ticket, dude. He's, I think he's taking bribes or something. What do you know? And he walks in and he's got, like gold rope chains <laughs> so um yeah so she had claimed to believe her husband could afford their expensive taste by working as a private chef in a footballer's home where she said he earned between 1,000 and 4,000 pounds a week and was paid in cash now that's a believable story I suppose especially in uh in England in London um you know there's some some pretty fancy football boys up there but I don't know I feel like especially in this kind of like day and age I don't think I don't think they would pay under the table like that I think they would I think it would be all very well documented because if you think about it you know that kind of like helps their tax situation doesn't it like if you have people on your salary I feel like that would, I don't know. Or maybe like a third party would just pay the cook. I don't know. So, turns out this guy's a big old drug dealer. <laughs> and he, uh, uh, you know, dealt cocaine and cannabis. So, pretty cool. Um, Yeah. He uh, was discovered after the National Crime Agency infiltrated the illicit communication system that he was using and uncovered messages from his handle, Nice Moon, which that I feel like you should have a better name than that. I don't know, like something badass. Don't give yourself away, but like, anyway. Um, she's sticking to her story, but she was uh, laid off or kicked off from the force uh, for misconduct, so... He got sentenced, or he got uh, convicted in uh, just a couple days ago, and he's going to be sentenced in February. So, pretty cool. Um, the FTX founder Sam Bankman Fried, Fried, Fried. I don't know, Fried. I'm going Fried just because it sounds funnier. <laughs> uh, has been arrested and charged with defrauding investors. 
Um, he is the CEO of cryptocurrency exchange FTX and has been charged with fraud, conspiracy, commit money laundering, conspiracy to defraud the United States and uh, violate campaign finance laws. Which, that's how they always fucking get these guys. Campaign violence laws, man. Um, so, the eight criminal charges filed by the United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York on Tuesday uh, follow civil charges brought by the United States Security Exchange Commission, the ACC, not to be confused with the Southeastern Conference, uh, accusing the 30-year-old former billionaire of defrauding investors by building a company that was a quote-unquote house of cards. Great show. Um, yeah. They're, I'm, man, I don't know. <laughs> this is why you gotta pay attention to these crypto guys. They're fucking doing some crazy stuff. Um, yeah. I was gonna see if I had any more information on that, but I didn't, uh, I didn't organize my things properly. Anyway, um, oh, yeah. So that's, that'll be interesting to follow. Now, this story I should have linked back when we were talking about, um, the, uh, the gay couple with the wedding cake. So, you see posts, like, people denying uh, more liberal agended people for services. This is the first time I've ever seen it go backwards. Uh, restaurant denies Christian group service over its anti-abortion and LGBTQ stances. A, uh, a faith-based group in Richmond, Virginia was denied service at a restaurant and they're speaking out against what they call bigoted decision by the eatery to cancel its reservation the uh the plate the venue uh recently refused to host a private event for the family foundation a conservative christian organization over its position on sex marriage and abortion rights uh family foundation president victoria cobb told cbs monday that the restaurant's decision to not serve the group based on its religious and political views was alarming and disgraceful. It's not a good business model to have uh, to have the feeling like people are making this assessment of you of you of whether you're worthy to eat at their restaurant. It's uncomfortable for people to think that's how we're going to function in society. Uh, this place, I guess, is very they deem themselves an inclusive establishment. Has rarely refused service to willing patrons, but they said on a social media post that it denied service to, to the group to protect its staff, many of whom are women or members of the LGBTQ community. Um, which I, you know, if you're going to allow the cake people to not bake the gay cake, then you got to allow the food place to deny people who don't support the staff that works there like it doesn't work one way you either get one and you get the other or you don't get either one right so i support it as just a private business trying to do what's best for their a their staff which you never see they're like fuck it usually they're like fuck it we'll serve them just don't look them in the eye or something i don't know um so i support it anyway let me know what you guys think. I feel like that's a very divisive kind of thing, but 
you know, it is what it is at, at the end of the day. Like, like I said, you can either get the one, you know, allow service to both do like you have to serve these people or you don't like you don't get one way and then the other depending on what your views are so anyway the moment you've all been probably waiting for right the billboard 200 since shane's gone uh here it is the week of december 17th uh, Heroes and Villains by Metro Boomin, which the cover kind of has a uh, Pink Floyd uh, Wish You Were Here album cover looking thing. Like guy on fire shaking another guy's hand. So that's pretty cool. Uh, dropping down to two, Midnight's Taylor Swift. Three, Her Lost, Drake and 21 Savage. Four, Unvierno Senti, Bad Bunny. Number five, Christmas, Michael Buble. Up to six. From nine, dang, big old jump. Harry's house, Harry Styles down. From six to seven, dangerous double album. Morgan Wallen still hanging in the top ten though. Uh, the highlights by the weekend, number eight, number nine, the Christmas song, Nat King Cole, and then <laughs> here it comes, number ten, Merry Christmas, Mariah Carey. God, I knew it was coming. It, it was only a matter of time. Um, and there's. One, two, three, four, five, six, six Christmas related albums in the top 20 or like from 11 to 20. <laughs> so I guess be on the lookout. They're coming. They're coming for you. But um, yeah, so that's the Billboard 200. You know, that's what we got. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening Thank you to our Patreon people for supporting us. Um, thank our friends, Dutch and Denver Podcast, No New Friends, Remedy Room, Kicking It With The Kellys. Um, check all of them out. Definitely uh, click the link tree in the description. Go check out all the things. Do all the youtube stuff. Like, subscribe, share with your friends. Go to the Facebook. Check out all the memes Master Media is putting out. She's she stays on top of it even when we have depressing topics like all day last time. She still made memes out of it. So that's I mean, she's talented. Don't tell her I said that, but she's talented. Uh but yeah, so I think that's it. And I've had enough. Peace out, bitches, and tip your bartender.